Hello everybody and welcome back to the Precision Unloaded podcast. You're joined once again by your regular host Mark and Graham. Good evening Mark. Good evening Graham, how are you going? I'm going good. Uh, this is episode 61 of the podcast. Um, must be our third year or fourth year, who knows. Um, yep. And, <laughs> and tonight, as you can probably imagine for those who uh, know what we get up to, we're going to talk about the Aha TT Long Range Challenge. Um, probably it's our biggest event of the year and it's got quite possibly the worst name but now it's sort of got its own brand so it'll stay so uh, we'll cover off a bunch about the event sort of um, what we changed uh, sponsors uh, the Swarovski optical long range shootout on Friday night the two day match itself uh, our awesome prize table um, we'll touch on a few sort of honourable mentions, some cool things, some cool shooting, um, some of the results. whole lot to talk about. Uh, yeah. What do you reckon, Mark? We should we kick straight into it? Yep. Might as well get on to it. Um, it was obviously quite a big setup and a big job to get it going. Um, hats off to you guys, because you obviously had enough targets for 16 stages without having to you know, race out and set stuff up again. So, we'll get into it. Yeah, so that's probably one of the good things to <clears throat> to start off with. So in the past, this has been a one-day match, um, essentially a one-day match. Uh, last year, we ran day two as a 2-2-3 day. Um, uh, and then the year before, we ran the long-range challenge, and then we ran the long-range challenge again on the Sunday and combined points. Um, and to be honest, just got lucky that the weather was the same. Um, but anyway, going heading into this year, uh, well... Mid last year, I started toying with the idea of doing our first proper two-day event. Um, we generally just do sort of one-day competitions in the North Island of New Zealand. Um, I sort of started thinking maybe we uh, do the <clears throat> standard long-range, um, uh, where we do the normal stages for the long-range challenge, so Mount Doom and then through the hay paddocks, and, and then then maybe do day two up on what we call the winter range or, or the circle steel range. Started talking to you and Simon about it, and um, just sort of rolled on from there, didn't it? Yeah, um, and just timing it and everything, and um, yeah, it became a game of logistics, really. Um, so again, normally we run eight stages, and what we didn't want to have to do is on the Saturday night when we're all buggered, is go and um, either change targets around or move targets or move props. We didn't want to have to do anything essentially, so. For us, it was setting uh, two separate competitions. Uh, so like Mark's touched on, um, you need enough steel. We don't often run less than three targets per stage. Shit, not often at all. So um, obviously, uh, quite a bit of steel required. Um, uh, we, we, we managed to pull most of it in just through um, our stuff and then... Um, Borrowed some from Gillis Practical Rifle Events and a little bit from Anthony over at Kiwi Precision, just as a bit of a top up. Uh, and then you, we also had a few things, um, spears and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you flogged on my targets at the hut. Great. Yeah, well, I was, I was okay. So, <laughs> well, when I say mine, I mean yours anyway. <laughs> Ours. Yeah. Um, I've lived at your place for the last six years. I, I'm, I had like a, a, a bit of an inventory of, of steel and hangers and such. And, I'm setting up the weekend before, setting out steel. I'm thinking, man, I'm a few, I'm a few targets short. And then I go up to the, 
the hut, which we call range one. And there's about, I don't know, like eight of the targets I need <laughs> set up in different places on the practice range. Oh, there you go. That, that makes my life easy. Um, so we, we stripped that pretty quick, uh, much to Mark's disgust. But, um, but yeah. We, Do you we, like using Ib6? Like, is uh, it a compromise? Or does it really matter? Uh, it was partially due to the fact that um, it, it gave us a lot more steel using some of our super steel targets. Yeah. Um, and then we put them on the well really only use them on the unsupported stages actually now I think about it um, oh yeah it was the only unsupported shooting was done on the up 6 oh yeah across the whole course of fire um, generally we we don't use them well like a full no I lie there was an up 6 on the stage 7 on day 1 um, a full size up 6 is quite big so for precision style or field style shooting a full size up 6 is like a seven eight hundred meter target right it's pretty massive yeah and rest probably longer yeah Yeah, thousand meters um sort of thing so um whereas with like um, when we're shooting our old stuff that's a 300 meter target 250 300 meter um distance wise so yeah so you gotta they can be hard to slot into normal competitions we obviously again for those who know what we're up to we've got a bunch of i think they're called figure 11s or figure 12s so it's a german essentially a german helmet head type cutout an old service rifle uh, silhouette. Um, we've got a bunch of those made of steel, so we put some of those in certain stages just to bulk out our, our, our steel. And um, it worked out well. Um, I didn't really have to compromise too much on uh, stage. I wasn't limited on designing stages due to the available um, no. infrastructure. They're pretty close to square, though, those head targets, aren't they? So. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, like... Um, yeah, I, I quite like them. They're pretty cool. And um, although I've been, weirdly enough, got accused of being racist running them once, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Not yeah. for this podcast. <laughs> so the issue that's coming now is um, getting little tiny targets that last or are, use, you know, shootable because they haven't got the weight in and stuff. So what's... what's well, yeah, that's probably, you know, one of the things you, you do is um, work on getting these targets so they don't fall over during the day, you know, break, whatever. So this year we had a pretty good run. We had really nothing break, but we had a couple of targets hang up, you know, so, spin, around, spin around and get jammed. So. so we had two failures, one on day one and one on day two, separate course of fire, obviously. Yeah. Day one was me trying to, thinking I'd outsmarted the Waratah getting damaged, long story, but... Um, it was. I set that target up in a, in a way that was bound to fail. Looking back on it, <clears throat> oh, then, I like your thinking. It was on an angle pointing yeah, out to yeah, the side. It, so. it seemed like a good idea. Um, uh, and then on day two, we had on the last stage of the day, we had um, one of our. It was like a hundred mil square at about 190, 200 meters. Uh, the bolt got sheared off, shorn off, sheared. Anyway, it, it, now that's the first one of those bolts I've actually had cut. So it's an M16. Uh, 8.8 grade bolt um, I think it just it's a possibility that that bolt had been in there for a couple of years also Yeah. so what I might do is um, go to all the small targets sort of sub 150 mil, and I'll replace all the bolts and I've also got some slightly but I've got some M20 uh, 8.8 grade bolts so I'll um, and I'll also they'll instead of being hung on Waratahs the smaller stuff they'll all go to the 
the frames, the uh, rear yeah. bar frames, the, the grade 500 rear bar frames, and then um, they can swing a bit easier too. So they, I guess, th- theoretically should not get hit as hard with the different hanger design because they should be able to deflect or wind you down. Um, yeah, probably a bit, probably, I'm getting into the boring shit. It doesn't really matter. But... No, that's right. <coughs> Shooters love to hear about stuff. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah it's not their problem but yeah. then again if you're setting up your own range or what you know it's inevitable lesson, easy lessons to learn before you go down the rabbit hole yeah of... i will say from essentially all commercially available targets the bolt holes are very small like yeah um, m10 to m12 size and they blow out easily they will blow out very easily especially at close distance yeah. Yeah. yeah and just a warning on you know getting the property yeah, there's some pretty fancy hanger systems but very rarely they get shot and the naked so you might as well stick with something that's easily replaceable like a waratah for, for a lot of targets so, yeah cause so we oh we, we we actually got sponsored waratahs this year by um uh kiwi biathlon sorry kiwi precision sponsored us um yeah sign written and everything no, sorry no, yeah no. i buggered that up damn it um they, 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 so we were, we were low on Waratahs, man. I, I, I think someone must have stolen some built a fence. I don't know. But a bunch of events through, we, we were getting really low on Waratahs that were usable when um, he came through and got us a whole, whole big bundle. And um, Well, I often, it's health and safety ground. I go, shit, I need a couple of Waratahs. Should I get these, use these old shot up ones? Nah, they're too dangerous. <laughs> I'll get the brand new ones. I'll get the brand new ones. And uh, but we weirdly, I mean, it's probably the end of the podcast, but we lost very few this year, considering the volume of competitors. Yeah, I was doing a lot of pickup of targets the next, well, you know, last weekend, and um, surprised how little hits, especially on the limits ones, because they tend to get punished. Um, the linear limits yep. type setups, because the range is not ultra long, and also. There's a lot of rounds going on the first three targets often. Yeah. So, but they didn't, yeah, it was very little hits. So, a bit of luck. Yeah, we seem to have a good, good than a bad when it comes to Waratahs. It's pretty, pretty normal to, like, I think Long Range Challenge last year, I think, I think we lost, like, nearly everything. So, it's just, anyway, um, probably enough about how we hang targets. Yeah, what, what it's we, riveting stuff. <laughs> yeah. What's next um, on our list there, Mikey? Uh, it was really basically then getting on to what happened the first night, which was the long range challenge. So, um, and I guess in setting up for that, I went out to the mile and, and, and re dug it and changed the contour a bit. So, that was an aim to improve visibility of where shots are going, type of thing. Um, don't know how much difference it made in the end because it was, it was challenging spotting, but um, we myself and Simon, who's very good spotting compared to me, so um, no comment. <laughs> Where you go? Did you see anything, Mark? And I'm just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then does he go? Standard response. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. To be fair, so you know, we had probably ten people hit the mile target, so we had a lot of um, observing to do to get on you know to basically track where people were going yeah so I'll, 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 me- I'll sorry yeah put a bit of context and what we're talking yeah. about so <clears throat> we started this this supposed to be the third year we've done this yeah um, we have a target at a k or 996 or some shit all intents and purposes a k we provide the range 
yeah. turn up and there's magnum and non-magnum K, you don't get to view the target through glass until you're on the stage. You can see it. It's a big hill with a big cutting in it. Uh, although that didn't always work out. Um, and no. so no, and no one's the only people spotting are the match staff. So because um, what will happen the first time around, everyone was just watching through scopes. Watching yeah, the first the time we did it, we didn't really hadn't done it before, so I suppose it was, yeah, and everyone just lying there watching. And then they, and they were also waiting for because yeah. that that night the the wind just reduced and reduced. And if you shot at eight o'clock, you had like one mile an hour wind compared to the people who started at five had like. 15 mile an hour I'm, I'm pulling those numbers out of my ass but yeah yeah it paints the picture <clears throat> so, so so from that then on you had a tea time so you were that was your slot to shoot and if you missed it you missed it hard luck and um which improved things drastically so you get there uh, 1k you got 5 shots either magnum or non-magnum and um and off you go and first points first hit's like 5 for first round impact second's like 4 it's four three two. yeah and then 1 1 yeah. And we do not give calls for the first three. And then, so over at the Magnum, same thing, non-Magnum and Magnum. Uh, they get seven shots. The mile. Uh, sorry, apologies. The one, the one mile, it's, like, it's just yeah. over, it's like 1,630 metres or 1,620. Yeah, so about 20 metres further. But <clears throat> Yeah, and uh, same thing, you're given a range. It's pretty, it's, um, and, and no spotting. And, um yeah, oh, sorry, I should say the 1,000 metre is a 300 millimetre square. We had a diamond, but Mark protested and went and changed it. <laughs> it's too hard to hit a diamond. Yeah, this, I get so many complaints about diamond targets, so I'm going to put more <laughs> of them out. Um, although the, the I've yeah, you know, anyway. And then the mile is a 600 millimetre square. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it's pretty straightforward. So Swarovski... Optics New Zealand, um, they sponsored the long range shootout this time around. So they've actually supplied optics to us for all three years. Yeah. All three years of this running for, for that night and, and the rest of the weekend. Um, and then obviously a bunch of other stuff uh, throughout the weekend. So, um, yeah, and they provided all the optical equipment. So we had, because light is fading, right? So <laughs> this sounds like a plug, but having that ultra clear Swaro glass, there's no one's going to argue with that. You can't. No, um, and as the light fades, it because it's cloudy and shitty weather, um, it is uh, it is imperative for, for spotting. So, um, thank you to them for their support um, with the gear and actually coming and helping the whole weekend. They um, they turned up. Because obviously, it was the most tricky wind year, wasn't it? Really, of the three, would you say? I mean, yes, you, you I would one hundred percent agree with that. You're at the K, which is pivoted to the. You had yeah. the wind more on the side, yeah, didn't about you? 80, so. 80, 75, 80 degrees to your right. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, oh, the scores showed it too. Um, even the K was a lot less hits this year than last. Yeah. Um, and probably, yeah, it was interesting. I don't know, you know, so if you, if you just want to run through, because oh, I wasn't there at the K, so what it was sort of, how did it go shooter-wise and, and uh, result, well, not result, yeah, pretty much. Um. So... I think we got about halfway through and I think the leader had like one hit yeah. on Magnum and, and, and similar in Magnum or something. Um, it was just the wind was inconsistent. Pretty much everybody, their first shot would go like, no, I didn't have a measuring reticle. Um, their first shot would go like 1.5 to 2 mil left. Yeah. And you could, if obviously we're the only ones on glass, but you could just see this part of the bank because it's nice 
um, uh, clay face just getting chewed out, right? And um, and and for all most people put it into their or then the occasional person to do like mad like overcompensate and go upwind by like two mil. Um, and, um, and and one thing I noticed a lot of people were on super high magnification because they're trying to see a splash, but because their wind call was either um, under or over for for the most part as a rule, they it'd be sort of on the edge of their vision or outside of their their, um, their field of view and they'd miss it. Um, and it, <clears throat> so yeah, so that 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 hampered a lot of people, and then the inconsistency of the wind, so that that they'd either see it or once they'd got past three shots we'd tell them yeah. what would have been happening if, if we could see it and so it was the ones that you couldn't see to a degree or uh, in general not a too couple, bad couple yeah, yeah. Uh, usually sometimes if they tuck behind the target you can't that sounds funny but if they go so it sounds and, like the elevation this year was better in terms of getting on target quicker at a K oh 100% yeah, hundred percent. The the elevation. I think we had a few that were like a mil low. Yeah. Um, and then like just you know we got the, there's a bit of a shelf there. We walk up, they just scratch on top of that. But most yeah. everyone was um inside the d- directly around the target. You but excluding the wind and then um, yeah, a couple a couple were a little high, but definitely an improvement. Um, no, it shows it shows people's improvement in setups and things and how they've gone about getting ready. They're obviously validating where they can better and have better first shots out of the K type of stuff. So yeah. it just shows, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean last year one guy's flashes gun, tells everyone he knows what he's doing, and then shoots like like three mil low. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> you're like, fuck's sake. So anyway, um, yeah, and then. One issue would be people undercompensating, so they'd yeah. see it and it will measure like one point five, but they'll mm-hmm. only correct a mil. Oh, yeah. It seems to be like a, um, I guess I've, I've done it a lot. Um, you're like, ah, eh, that seems a bit much, so I'll just do two thirds of what it's saying. But like, um, and then I guess it's crucial how much you believe in your first shot and stuff is, isn't it? Really, so if you feel that everything is good, the way you, you know. Look, let that shot go then you should be able to correct off it yeah I think because you get so it's same time limit for both distances all that. so, so yeah, one was, thing I'll yeah. say is Mark heads up the organisation of this part of the competition nowadays I just sort of walk away from it which is uh, <laughs> got a lot of other things to organise it's really really good that you do it and it makes my life really easy but um, the three the three minutes I would say is too long uh, I'd, I'd consider dropping a minute off that because everyone's finished well within two minutes. Um, but but the idea is too, you could build a super solid prone position and get your natural point aim um, like absolutely on. And then, so when you do pull that shot, you go, no, no, that's not, I'm not doing something dumb. It's it's it's, it's environmentals I have to worry about. And, um, you know, yeah, we, we can cut it down, I think, down the track because we've gone to... You can have your rifle on the ground to start. Yeah. So that cuts out a lot of, well, twenty seconds basically of deploying tri- bipods and stuff. Yeah. And and obviously time because this is um we never envisioned this to be as popular as it is. We thought we'd get like ten people right and you know like what thirty five old. Pretty much every, everyone who shoots does it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we old. end up. Yep. We had eighty. 
basically people had eight, 80 times people had to shoot yeah, yeah. Any of the, at, at those two targets so yeah so if we dropped them if we dropped the time down slightly it would, it would move the evening on a bit quicker um <clears throat> yeah and to be fair some people at the mile were stopping anyway they said oh well i'm not going to waste any more ammo because we we haven't we have been able to find where they're going so quitters though jesus <laughs> no um that's but that's enough. that's generally projectile selection yeah you're shooting some silly bloody open tip okay. match. Yeah. So who performed well at the K? <clears throat> uh, not Anthony. <laughs> and, and not Magnum. Um, oh. He did Magnum. So obviously... Um, so you can enter basically every, every two, two, a Magnum and non-Magnum gun type of thing, yeah. Yeah, but you're, you're, you don't shoot right after another. You end up... No, like you're, you're spaced shoot, You out. shoot a mile, non-Magnum, yep. then you'll run up to Magnum 1K, then run back to... So you don't have a wind advantage is the idea. Um, and we're not waiting around for you to get reset and shit. Uh, okay, so Tom Sims was a clear winner in non-Magnum at the 1K. He got three out of five. Yeah. And that was a couple of early ones or something. Somehow, I don't recall. And then I don't remember who was behind him. That's right. Names um, and but, things but, aren't really But important. he was the only one with like any consistency. Because I can't find the score sheet. Yeah, and then, so, sorry if you got one hit and you're in second, but uh, yeah. we, we don't have that information. Uh, and then in Magnum, um, uh, again, did Hordy get a couple hits with the 50? I don't recall. And I'm not sure. But then and Anthony Colley went, did he go 4 out of 5 or 5 out of 5? No, there's no 5 out of 5. He must be 4 out of 5 with his 33XC. 33 extra capacity, which we talked about two episodes ago. Um, it's a very, very impressive uh, gun with um, about as good a dope as we've ever seen. Great bush rifle. Great bush rifle. Probably weighs 30 pounds. Um, but yeah, um, and the clear standout there. So I don't think in either class it was even close back to second. Um, yeah, so some, some good shooting from those guys in what was tricky conditions I mean to a certain extent you might get um, you might get a patch of sort of semi-consistent wind when you shoot if you're lucky I heard you had a shooter ringing steel but no one could see it yeah so one guy shot the wrong target um, <laughs> name we won't name him yeah well why not yeah. oh sorry uh, well, well uh, we can call you him were Johnny, you were Johnny on the spot we can call him we can call him J Flude Wait, oh, yeah. no, that's too obvious. What about uh-huh. Jonathan F? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, no. Yeah, he was shooting the upsec just down from it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was good. And then um, that was the start of a whole lot of issues for poor Johnny that weekend, which is a real shame. Yeah. Wouldn't come to data. Reminded to check your kestrel. Yep. <laughs> profile the next day. Yeah. Um, and then moving. So obviously, every year I've always been at the case. I've never actually even watched the mile, but. Um, Heading back to the mile, you were there. Similar yep. story. So we took seven shooters to someone for someone to hit it. So, um, so we were getting a bit uh, despondent at that point. Um, so compared to the K, uh, a number of people stepped up, and we were f- having trouble finding where it all they were going at all. Um, you probably didn't have to be that far low to be disappearing into the grass where we didn't have any. You know, so we did on some for some shooters we did occasionally spot a splash low in the grass if you're lucky. 
but you start to look so wide as a spotter you're almost picking the most likely location they'll be going if you, you know what i mean you think well most likely they're going to be going here so we'll, we'll keep i'll focus on that simon will focus on the the target or around it was it consistently but, like three to four mil left oh absolutely yeah yeah so and um, in the mile the wind was sort of behind you but it was coming right to left so there's virtually no one that was starting off right at all so no one you know had more than enough wind or type of thing set up so virtually everyone was going left and by at least two or three meters probably for the first few shots if you could see them yeah um not a lot going ultra high or you know higher so yeah so by the end we had uh, yeah of those 10 people that hit the mile most of those were one hit um and then multiple hits we had um obviously anthony who has talked about his shoot down south and how that went the um king of the range is it anyway so he his first shot just went left i think and then he put every other shot six out of seven on target so yeah, six out of seven yeah and that one yeah so that's the highest score ever there what was um in the worst of, conditions too yeah what was his uh it was his first career, how far off left was he on the first shot uh i'd be a remiss if i i think it might have been half a plate left or something but he will correct me on that he will he'll be he'll be upset he's not on this bloody podcast oh yeah well, i didn't tell him <laughs> i'll get a we'll message tomorrow so okay half we'll, a plate. We'll him to voice training <laughs> yeah no um, one likes his accent they don't know where he's from <laughs> half of so half a plate that's probably not uh, bad, that's yeah good. probably yeah half a plate to a plate left or something like that was what i um, from memory think it was he wasn't far off like we didn't say anything but but he obviously saw it straight away with that splash from the big 300 grain projectile aren't they yeah one, one good thing about the mile is you've got what is it like a two and a half second flight time ish two probably two with the xc i'm guessing um, so you've actually got time two to, no it's, yeah, it's, only, it's only two you've got time to even if you shoot a high recoiling gun and your your recoil management's a bit average yeah you should be able to get back on glass and, and know that bullet's not there yet. Yeah. And then, and then watch it. Um, instead of like shoot and, oh, I haven't seen it and then take your face off. Yeah. So then not long after that Ian shot from Ian from Hardy and uh, he got the last five shots on. So That's yeah. still pretty good. Yeah, that's outstanding. So I mean, that's that, a 300 Norma improved, yeah. was it? Yep. I think he's still shooting that. Yep, he he is very handy on the ELR stuff. Um, yeah, him and Collie train it together. So, so what about non magnum? Spe especially keeping on. Oh well, yeah. Um, I think. No, I can't remember to be honest. Um, obviously Anthony won that, and I can't remember exactly how many shots it was. What do you so, mean, obviously? I mean, there's well, obviously people. from the photos people would have seen on the internet. Oh, he's got anyway. a sore neck. He's got that much shit hanging around his neck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think he got three. Did he get three or something? He got a few. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have been three. 
So okay, and this is a cool thing too. Not I'm that sorry, I'm sorry about this. I I like good data, and yeah. I haven't got any. Not that his head needs to be inflated anymore, but he mm. shot the non magnum with a six BRA, doing like sub twenty eight hundred feet per second. I'm pretty sure, like it's a slow six mil. Yeah, those conditions. That's um, it's yeah, it's something right. That's a, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's not got a lot of honk out there. Um, so yeah, good, good work there. And so obviously we have um, and it rained a bit too over the night as well. So. Yeah, the soil was. So I had to go over and um, play around the target for several reasons um, before the event. And the soil, sorry, the clay was a Dirt. pretty good nick. Yeah, yeah. Like it would have, wasn't too. It wasn't slop anyway. Uh, if it was, if it had stayed dry, you would have seen a bit more. So mm. to be fair, so you would have seen the dust clouds, but there was no dust. Yeah. So you needed to really disturb the dirt quite a bit. So, yeah. so at the very end of the night, um, as it was getting dark, basically we. Um, Hordy did pretty damn well at the K with the 50 cal um, and then he also did really well at the mile with the 50 cal so got two or three two yep. or three hits yep um, so then I shot after him but that didn't really count obviously because the gun was already shot so and, and you'd uh, already shot it with your 338 yeah, a few things maybe. Minor but, but minor indiscretions. But but we, still I hit it first five shots, so that was I was pretty happy with that. To be honest, those last two, the barrel was probably that fucking warm. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a that's a that's a whole jug of gunpowder pretty much down the barrel. So it does, yeah. So no, it was good to follow up the other the year before, but it was non competitive, so that's So we we're, we're calling you the people's champion. <laughs> so Colleen might be king of the range, but you're the people's um, champion. But then we have to rewind and obviously go back to the the obviously the best shot of the night, probably the weekend. Um, we had a chap called Michael, Michael W. And it was his first shot, and uh, Simon's spotting, I'm spotting, and it was a magpie landed and was just trotting, bouncing along as they do. And he bounced along under the target as Wilkie's getting ready to shoot, and then he bounces to the left where all the shots go, and the shot goes off. And this magpie uh, explodes in a f- puff of feathers about two metres to the left of the target. So here's so, the question. Did you tell him? Yeah. Because it was just too cool not to. Yeah, basically we were like both going, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, And he saw that too because it was pretty, yeah. It was oh, a good, okay. It was a good puff of uh, feathers. So, so yeah, we sort of... I think we had a bit of a delay almost to get on the right way to get back to it. So, it was, <laughs> so 1,636 metres or whatever it was. So it's the longest shot I'll ever see on a magpie, I think, ever. That's so. the longest uh, TD uh, kill shot. It is, yes. Unintentional. On, on, on a live game. At least yep. it wasn't a cow. Like a cow walked over there. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> well, one of my sheep inspecting a target. As they, yeah, do. They, they were doing a bit more of that than normal, actually, that night. Uh, I think you had a couple of sheep over at the K wandering past a few times. So. Oh, yeah, they're just silly lambs. And they soon bugger off. Uh, so, yeah, we um, obviously gave him a special award for that special achievement. Yeah, he, he did actually in the prize giving. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's um, uh, it was a pretty cool evening. And again, the, we were lucky enough. So, Swarovski have got this big, um, like an Australian style camper trailer thing with like a big yep. ass awning and 
Yeah, so because it was um, basically raining a few times off and on, it was great that they had that set up. And then um, Hordy had his Land Cruiser set up down at the 1K with a, he's got a similar awning that folds out like a bat wing. Um, so that sort of kept people undercover, partly. I will say the, the the noise being under the awning at the 1K, the noise from the muzzle brakes was so bad. Like I had to double double hearing protection. And then like Carl's trying to talk to me, he's doing he's doing all our admin at the 1K like he always does. Yeah. Doing a great job, make sure everyone's there and ready. And I'm like, man, you got to yell, I can't hear shit. Like I'm just trying to not go deaf under here. But I didn't want to go out in the rain. So. No. Uh, Soft. So yes, that was, that was very, very nice of them to... <clears throat> uh, to make that available for us, and so um, what spotter did you have out over there? Did you? Have... I had that small, like it's like a four to sixteen or a... straight tube thing. Yep, okay. I don't remember the model. No, uh, no. With with the idea of having a big field of view. Yeah, and then uh, Darren had a like a twenty to sixty or something. Yeah, um, with that he zoomed in on and. Um, he, he, well, he, well, of course, he could see a bit more detail than, than me, sitting yep. around 30 or yep. something. Yeah. Um, and he was quite good. If, a lot of the time, if I didn't see it, he would have seen, he's seen it. So I was yep. usually trying to follow the trace. That's what I was trying to yeah. give it a little clue. Generally, if I could nearly predict if I could see the trace in a certain direction, I'd go, yep, that's going to hit. And it would, yeah, you sort of got a bit of a, a feel for the trace, which is good. But, yeah. Um, now, spotting for 40 shooters... For you know, for all those shots, gets a bit tiring on your eyes. So we were we were always telling them basically to, well, Simon was, you know, tell us when you're ready to shoot, so we could just not stare down the scope the whole time. Um, I'm I'm not gonna lie. So I quite often borrow your little Bushnell, Bushnell or Burris, Bushnell, Bushnell. Yeah, it's that doesn't hold a flag to those Taroskis. No, not even a. It's, yeah, it's um, like it's got a million reticle, which is really nice, but um, yeah. But again, uh, there's like five grand versus a grand. You know, what do you what do you say there? So, um, yeah, you might as well look down a cardboard tube. Fill it with water though, so you get a bit of magnification. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> uh, but, but thanks to them, um, to Sroski and Z for yeah doing that, and they also they were helping out, and like I said, they were there the whole time. And so that yeah, that wrapped up. Collie took uh, three out of four, and um, Tom Sims, sorry Tom S. <laughs> anyway. He took a um, non-magnum 1K, which is pretty awesome. And um, it was good that Anthony didn't uh, roll over everybody on the Friday yeah. night. Um, so good no, work to all those guys. I, I had high hopes for the 338, but uh, got zero hits. So At I think both I did, distances. I did all my good shooting in practice. Shit, that's... Because uh... I hit that 30 centimeter one at the K four out of six times in practice, but then... I just blew my, you know, how up and down performance was. You are, that you are probably it. rather uh, ebbs and flows there. <laughs> all right, so yeah, anyway, we didn't do prize giving that night. We, we did that on the, the Saturday. Yep. We, all, we all buggered off and um, the weather was a bit average to everyone. Yeah, but the the 50 cal, the good thing we did this year was put sled feet on it and that's made a big difference. So Worth the money? Just as a sideline. Well, just because of the recoil um, and getting back on target and stopping it jumping and digging in. I would say watching. Um, I got a full and, video of you shooting it. I would say your recall management behind that gun this year was significantly better. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably because the brain damage is just. <laughs> no, just like your body's not. You're not getting thrown off the gun and stuff. No, 
Um, so that was that was good to see. Do you think the sled feet could be helping that too? I guess if the recoil yep. a bit more manageable. No, they are. No, it does. It, it basically at that range with the time you've got before the bullet gets there, you can get back on to see what's happening. Yeah. Which is not easy with that. If it's jumping across or digging, yeah, you know, the basically the 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 bipod feet are digging in, so yeah. Um, the sleds make it a lot and easy to as you're lying on the ground prone you can maneuver the gun better to get back onto target so if it does come off you know significantly so you're running the Acutac I might as well plug them because they sponsor me HD50 Acutac HD50 same bipod as me the biggest yep uh, it's it is the biggest it's only got two adjustments straight down or folded yep compared to the other ones which have an angled setting yep yeah, so no. it's a big solid weapon, and if you want to set up like stupidly steady, those are the yeah great for zeroing any gun oh, to, or like yeah. prone long range stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. If you've got a solid rear bag and that, that's um, it's not moving. Um, anyway, so moving on from right Friday, Friday. so we get into the long range challenge. That's the main event, the two, the, the first day of the two day match. So we had about forty odd competitors, I think. Uh, yeah, 40, I think after we had over. sort of COVID in the Hawks Bay, we come out at forty, I think, and then um. Yeah, pretty much. You mean a cyclone in the Hawks Bay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lost. Um, oh shit, quite a few from there actually. Oh, did we had a couple of COVID pullouts, didn't we? Oh, we always do now. Yep. And um, I thought it was over. Oh well. Oh, it's the, just the politicking around. It's over. Yeah. Uh, as people, because we're coming into the time where you got to vote for them, you know. Anyway. Oh, okay. True. <clears throat> breaking down no politics rules. Um, so <laughs> roughly, uh, one thing I'll, I'll bring up at the start. Um. Open class has been by far less popular in the in the previous years. This is the first time that we have come in. So we dropped hunter class due to just low participation. So we've, this is the first time we've come in at essentially half and half, half and practical, half and open, which is cool. Yeah, because um, I think I competed a few years back, and there would have been forty practical shooters. Yeah, and about ten open. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's. I think, I'm. I'm. I. The trend I see is that is the way it is going. Um, but I also think you've improved open class by yeah adjusting stages as well. I think that's. We'll get onto that. But um, you've made it more. It's differentiated, so it's it's attractive to not have those extra shots to a degree. So that's yeah. Not, so there's actually was... two different, almost two different competitions that just run yeah. parallel, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> on the same target sets. Um, but yeah, so half and half, which is, which which is neat. Um, and uh, if you want to know what the differences are, go back look through the websites or um, whatever. But um, gear and no gear, yeah, gear and no gear essentially, and then a little bit more unsupported and practical shooting. Um, yeah, we kicked off with plenty of wind on the Saturday morning, um, sort of similar-ish to the night before. A wee bit of drizzle in the morning too, not too much on day one, but a bit of drizzle. And and again, um, real, inc- I'd say even worse than night before at some points, the wind was um, just inconsistent. And you'd get sort of, um, if, if you didn't take your follow-up shot in like three seconds, or a couple, you know, like like see the, see the, the miss, measure, correct, fire, if you didn't do that, you were not hitting the fucking target. Like, it was just too um, variable. 
so that that obviously made life difficult for a lot of people. Uh, less there's less less um less hits on the long range stage and, and stuff like that. And one thing we did this year is um I tried to mix in a few smaller targets. Um, usually in a big and small format, so you'd have a big one with a small next to it or something like that. Um, and so obviously those targets are going to be even more susceptible to um, more wind, right? You got less chance hitting them. So, but anyway, it's um. I think it's a good incremental change. It's good. I mean, it means you've got a challenge above and beyond some of, the, some of those longer targets aren't massively hard to hit at the larger ones but the smalls are certainly doable yeah and it just gives an extra bit to the competition I, I think I think so and it, it, I, um, so Simon started introducing big and smalls about, about a year ago a little bit longer and so the majority of the points is, is, is earned because um, each point's got a different value is earned on the bigger stuff and then the smaller stuff has generally got a small a small value <clears throat> so you're incentivized to hit the bigger one first and that covers these sort of um, newer shooters through mid-pack yeah and then the, the top level um, competitors can um get those extra one or two points by hitting the the very small stuff seems to be working um oh i had a couple of complaints about some of them being a bit small but i don't I'm not that worried about people's complaints about stuff like that but um so we mixed in a bit more of that, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, we did a particularly, I'd say, quite a challenging unsupported stage for practical on day one. Um, uh, quite, yeah, if, if you if you struggle with unsupported, you, you're not going to do well on that stage, to be honest. But yeah, we tried to mix it up. And so again, there's a couple stages that were all tripod for the open class guys, so they you know they go out and spend thousand dollars on a nice tripod and then you come to the comp and don't use it so open class there was plenty of that and they could do tripod rear and all that sort of thing and, and then um yeah i think that's the first year i've properly integrated it yeah well you, like i said you, you spend the money and you practice or yeah as a skill set and um they're becoming a more commonplace thing definitely among sporting competitors in, in our game so um, oh there's a difference between like using a tripod when you're i don't know mucking around practicing um versus in competition you suddenly work out where your deficiencies are in terms of deploying them and stuff yeah so it's good to have more use of them in a comp because it, it certainly highlights people's deficiencies around them so because <clears throat> you don't you know when you're out you just set it up you take your time but but under pressure getting it set up to be beneficial on some stages can be a waste of time so um because you burn so much time trying to get it ready so yeah i yeah. think you got to have the the deploy now deploying on flat ground yeah it's fine pretty easy with a little bit of practice but deploying on undulating terrain or hillsides can be a whole nother thing and, and like you said if you're practicing you're like oh actually this is this is about four inches too low so i'll just i'll just muck around and move it up and but when when the time's ticking away, you're like, shit, can I afford that twenty seconds to reset those three legs or mm. something? So, yeah, and um, so we did again a bit more of that. Um, but again, uh, in our stuff, you start with the tripod um, in a stowed fashion, so collapsed legs, retracted and um, and clamped up, as in like the, the the releases tensioned up a bit. So essentially, what we had in the past was people would um, fold mm. it up and they sort of just flick the legs so they'd fly out. So we we put a sort of stop to that and um, 
yeah. I think it's quite a cool thing because then yeah, uh, I've been to comps in the past where you get like before the stage you get to preset your tripod and shit like that. And it's kind of a bit um, counterintuitive. You might as well just put a piece of wood there for them to shoot off. In my opinion, um, so yeah, I think we tried to work in a bit more of that stuff and then the smaller targets were for both squad uh, for both classes. Um, and it just they were sort of shot a bit differently. Um, uh, generally, practical would have like two more rounds depending on the stage, and that was. Um, but then obviously they've got a, a major restriction on uh, bags and tripod rear and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, enough about the classes. We've talked about that. Uh, we've beat that horse to death over the years. So day one, what was your takeaway from day one, Mark? Uh, I went up the hill first because I was sort of floating around as um, puppet match director for the third time this year. Um, yeah, certainly the wind was messing with people because it was sort of coming up over behind the hill, but switching a bit. And if you look down the base, the scrub, it was certainly looking more, it was coming around and across type of thing. So it took a bit of adjusting. Um, no, I saw, yeah, pretty much the people who have got it sorted around stage management and planning, getting ready for a stage, and still the same old problems with people who probably don't think things through enough around what they're going to do on a stage, yeah, and then get into trouble, but... Uh, no, my only other takeaway is I can't believe how many mags fall out of guns still. <laughs> um, As in people don't clip them in properly? I don't know. They just, yeah, it's like, didn't fall on the ground, roll down the hill. Yeah, it's pretty... can cost you. Yeah. Um, no, it's, yeah, shooting-wise, I'd sort of... It was impressive to see the um, spinner being shot from up the top of the top of the hill, because you could basically could hear the hits and then see it. I mean, see it move, then hear the hits, um, and people were obviously smashing it. Because what was that? Half hour was it six hundred odd? No, 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 no. no, no it was close. It was three seventy. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, um, but obviously they had a pretty tough time getting it to rotate. So I mean, people getting close, but yeah. I mean, I think Carl was the only person to spin it. I think that's what we had a three oh eight, so a bit heavier pull. We actually had, I think we had three three oh eights, which in the in ten years ago wouldn't have been anything to talk about. But now <coughs> it's just something you're like, oh shit, three three oh eights. That's weird, you know. It's coming back into vogue. Yeah, it's going full circle, like eh? big heavy well, bullets. There's, there's innumerable. Six millimeter cartridges are all fading away again. We even six fives becoming well. We uh, we follow every trend from overseas eventually, but six fives becoming a, a not an endangered, but certainly a um. Yeah, you a, feel like you're turning up with a two seventy. Yeah, people are like wow, that's got that's a big bullet, hundred and forty grain. Uh, Just how things. Did start. your grandfather hand that down to you? <laughs> Was that from the war? Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> but, but um, I'll stick with it. <laughs> what What would you say, day one? 
obviously you were you were, you were match director. I was competing. What was your favourite stage? What do you, what do you think was the coolest stage? Um, I actually like the Colbert pipes. I thought that would be an easy stage, like a gimme points wise. Yeah, no, I, was... I watched it for a little while, so that's why I sort of. Um, but really, in fact, no one cleared it at all. Mm. And there was a the one, even the people that did it really well. The, the target that hung them up was the closest tiny one. Yeah. So well, that um, was so that was only a it's, it's a hundred mil circle at like yeah. one hundred nineteen meters or something or two hundred yeah. meters. Yeah, <clears throat> like it's a two minute of angle target. Oh, I know. Yeah, and, and can't yeah, believe what went wrong. I, 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 that piece of the range was particularly windswept, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, shit, man. Yeah, people go, man, that close one is so hard to hit, and I'm like, man, it should. Be. And the time was spicy. Yeah, well, so we planned on the original plan was for you, the match director, to test the whole course of fire, but the sort of rain come in midday, yeah. and then we set up that nice shelter, and, we and didn't you, know, you know what I'm like shooting in the rain. What are you like shooting in the rain? Well, it just causes rust, so I don't like it. That is true. That is true. Um, uh, but yeah, so that, that could have probably used another 30 seconds. Yeah. Live and learn, um, especially with the smaller targets. If you had bigger targets, you could have, um, you know, taken a far quicker shot. So So yeah. what was Practical's difference on that stage? More rounds? Yeah, two, two, two yeah. more rounds and, um, yeah, just the terrible little bags. So really only Tom and Ian shot really well on it, comparatively. I mean, they, they got into the 20s, but no one else did, so... Um, and I watched, actually, Ian... Yeah. So he basically shot the far two and then came back onto the, the smaller one later on. And he moved... Now, actually, he did it... Pretty much he chose a strategy different to everyone else. So he engaged each target from a different position. So he did the long from three positions and he did the medium for three positions, say. say yeah. <laughs> Which most people were doing um, either two or three targets from one position and then moving. Yeah, I will say, so the average on practical in that stage was 14%. Yeah. And, and the average right. for open was 43 So open shot that a hell of a lot better than practical was. Actually, their scores are higher on average right through the day. My God, there's a lot of threes. <clears throat> That's one hit, isn't it? Yeah. Shit. You, you, you're actually better off to go for the long target because it was like a, a three, 350 round. It was, it was quite a big target. So it's that. It's... Yeah, and, and true. People basically, strategy-wise, if they... um. Yeah, eventually they worked it out too late. Yeah. But you basically... It was... But an easier target to hit um, was the far one to a degree. The medium one was also not too bad, but but definitely probably the far one would have been an easier target. Well, the medium one that was that was a six inch at pretty much bang on three hundred or three hundred twenty meters. Um, yeah. So still in that wind, man. That's I mean, oh, like, oh, six inch target. That's big, but mm. look like the oh, I just think like the prop was so so solid, right? It's just these massive. Frickin' culverts away, like Colbert's, yeah. reach, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I expected that to almost be a give me stage. That's why I shrunk the, the target size a, a little bit. Um, but yeah, that wind in and and tight time and but, yeah, you know, it's it's cool. Um, in fact, I 
I should go do some practice on it. So, Graham, what was your favourite stage? Ooh, day one. I liked stage one on the hill. So right. for, for, for practical, it was a one of our hands head targets at it's like 240, one at like three, and then there's a 66% upstick at 350 or something, and then a yep. full-size upstick at like 450-odd. Like, give or take 10 or so metres on each of those. Um, and I think you had 10 shots to go for two hits on each. Um, and yeah, and it was a sort of a shot from a... Um, so the rules were for practical class because Open had completely different targets for this one. Um, practical was uh, hit each target twice, attempt to hit each target twice from a unsupported position, no prone. So no no Canadian prone, no Hawkins, that kind of thing, because that would have made it kind of easy. And then, um, yeah, so I just, I got, I got to where I thought I'd shoot from, because um, I, I didn't put the, the marker peg in where that stage was shot from, that was done by someone else, I thought, Yep, got time starts. Yep, sat down into a sitting position where I thought was best. Couldn't see the targets because of the, the shrubbery in front of me, so I moved. Shot the close one, impact, impact. It's like, sweet, you know, slung up quite tight. Moved back down to where I originally sat. Shot the next one. I might have maybe took three shots to hit the first one twice. Anyway, got the second one, impact, impact, and then sweet. And then third one, um, so I think impact, and I might have missed twice or three times, and then I hit it again twice I think anyway um so I was pretty happy like for an unsupported stage out that yeah. far 450 odd meters um with a heavy gun too like obviously the um the using the MPA BA comp chassis and all that and it's it's definitely no lightweight hunting gun so being able to get that done I was pretty stoked it was fun um, um yeah well a classic example of gun weight making a difference was um probably Cassie's stage one and stage nine she used a different gun gun day, gun day two which was a lighter setup and she cleared that stage in day one she didn't clear the stage on stage one for the heavier gun so but unsupported yeah but yeah um that's just a sort of decision you have to make. I mean, the majority of the shooting is not unsupported, right? So there's no point exactly. building a 10-pound no. gun. Quick release weights. It's been, it's been talked about. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so we sort of... Um, it's, by the end of the day, it was quite sunny. Um, still reasonably windy. Maybe dropped off a wee bit towards the end. Yeah. But, but everyone certainly got at least half... At least half to two-thirds of their stages with plenty of wind. Um, so it sort of evens it out there. And then, so uh, compared to previous years, one of the we, yeah, would be the worst wind day we've had, I suppose. Most likely, yeah. It, it yeah. wasn't mental, but it was just no. Uh, <clears throat> like it wasn't uncomfortable to be in, but it was just shit. It was just moving stuff. And but anyway, so that we finished up that afternoon. My lovely um, wife and her friend came up, and they had the barbecue already going. As <clears throat> competitors were finishing, which was much appreciated. Um, and then we put together our prize table. So we don't often run prizes. Just before we go there. Before we go there, yes. Stage three. Long range? Yeah. What do you want to talk about there? Well, that's probably people's least favourite stage, given they're looking at the results. Ah, uh, oh, yeah. It's a zero, 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 mm. a zero. Mm. There's a lot of zero. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> 
Yes, stage average six points. So probably very lucky that I trundled past with the digger and dug a backstop for one of them. But uh, when I went and picked up the two other targets, which I think I shot at two other positions mm-hmm. or one other, yeah, they had very few. Yeah, hits. most most of those from me, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, so the, there's like it's just under 1200 meters and one that was like 1080 or something. Uh, the 1200 like Mark said it was on the bank and Mark oh yeah you top scored that stage Graham did I yeah uh, so Mark scraped uh, the bank into to sort of sort of more soil than um, clay but it gave some sort of indication and um, so and then the, the 1080 that bank there we ran into targets there for years it just soaks up bullets like yeah. it, sh- it shouldn't like the grass is chewed down by, by the sheep I mean if it was drier weather like maybe we get dust but it just you get very little in the way of sign and um so yeah, anyway, a little bit of rain a little bit of rain we had meant there was yeah yeah nothing right so i shot sign. i shot the 1200 i think it took me a couple to hit, get on and then got my four there and then moved to the um the closer one which was quite a, well, the harder shot in reality and I, I think i just took point one off my wind and um and i think i got maybe got two hits or something um on the shorter target I was pretty, this was my first stage of the day, I was pretty happy because um, usually the sort of 900 to 1200 meter stuff is a bit of a bane for me. Yeah. Um, I, I usually, that's where I'll, I'll lose a lot of points, so happy as to start the day with a good result on, a st- like you said, a stage that the most people zeroed, so um, what? how many points did I get? 19. Okay, yeah, pretty happy out of 24, so yep. five down, so that's, yeah, two hits on the... Uh, closer of the two um and what was cool about that i went we then obviously moved to stage four which is like a, a, a couple of tractor tires and you it's a bit of a complicated stage you gotta shoot like um two targets from two different positions and then the remaining two targets from the two remaining positions so you got to really make sure you <clears throat> plan that because um it can't you can't make life hard and so there's a second target at 1080 and i sort of so i'm just gonna take one shot at it but I'm not going to waste ammo on it because I'm getting low on time. And I got down under the tyres, a little cut, like a marked position underneath, and same wind hold from, you know, 15 minutes earlier and impact. I was, I was fucking stoked, actually. Um, again, because that's always been, that stage has been the same for four years, five years, whatever. Um, yeah. It, it's not often um, done, done very well, uh, results-wise. So, um, well, no one cleared it on the day. And, um, so to get a good score there, yeah, I got twenty one out of twenty four. So yeah, I think that's a shot down from memory. Um, I'm yeah. pretty stoked with that. Actually, I think that might be the highest score on that stage. It is. Um, but yeah, just replied the same dope from earlier. So I got I got a bit lucky. The wind, I just like hail married the wind, and um, with a, some previous knowledge, and got lucky that it was similar enough to hit the target. Um, and, and and obviously the, my data all day just was um, was perfect, so that, that makes life a lot easier. That's a good point, Graham. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's not always that good, but yeah. So uh, that pre- well, again, day one, a lot of people struggled. Um, a lot of people you'd expect to be higher were right down in points, um, and um, so yeah. Anyway, we finished that up uh, again. This right. is our prize shoot for the year. Yeah. So another one of Mark's responsibilities is 
sponsorship, he takes care of all of that. Um, so we had a, we'll, we'll briefly touch on who our sponsors were, our very generous sponsors, who provided a, a lot of cool things for competitors to get to walk away with. Um, 100% random draw too, not, so placing in the competition has no bearing on your, in what order the prize table is walked. So you, it is a random draw. Um, so you could be coming dead last, and you could be chose, chose, chosen first to um, walk the table. So who are our sponsors, Mark? You got the list in front of you? Yep. And so, no, and no particular order. In no particular order. So um, once again, as probably for our last three, Hardy Rifle was on board again. Yeah. Uh, sponsor and Guns NZ. Um, once again, great. Yep. Yep, uh, tripod, which was very sought after. Leo Photo, I think, from memory. Yep. Saber Tackle, Carl, always supports us. Uh, Delta Optical, um, the Gun Rack, Jeff, um, just puts a huge amount in. Yep, massive. Um, stickers and things like that, and a whole lot of stuff that's just really appreciated. Uh, Carlos, um, and it was great to have. Dave from Carlos here this year for the first time, so for the weekend, I think they had a good time and they definitely um, profiled their wares very well and just chatted to competitors and uh, yeah, made a really good addition to the competition. Ozark Precision, um, Steve's Wholesale, new on board this year, same with Ozark Precision, um, so you can find them on Facebook. Um, Dead Eye Dicks, uh, they had a $200 store voucher, which was great. Uh, and Swarovski, which obviously JP came hand in hand with Dave, so um, with their great trailer setup, so and the spotters as usual. So it was good to see them after the Swarovski sent us the optics for the first two years. They've actually uh, been there to help first in and helped out over the weekend as well, which was great. And provided a, a large amount to the table. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, pretty much the first thing to go was a f- great 3 to 18 Swarovski scope. So that was um, picked up. Well done to Ben. Um, Element Optics. Um, they yeah. obviously provided a scope again this year. It was great. Yeah, with rings, yeah, they're returning, returning yep. sponsor. Outdoor Sports. Yep. Um, we've been consistently supporting us and uh, Rhino Tech uh, Kiwi Precision um, gave us um, some Waratahs and a few other things and helped out but no, no one no one took the Waratah off the table so. yeah one of the first yeah. things to go was the skis that he provided <laughs> for the biathlon yes. yeah we're going to we've got an event coming on Mount Taranaki it's going to be a big yeah. deal anyway big deal yeah uh, uh, Black Mount. Gear Arlington oh, yeah. Arms um, also, and that was a Trek 22 stop from Arlington, very which cool. was um, a very cool addition. And, and, and um, I cut you off on Black black Gear. Sorry, yes. I'm um, sorry. So, uh, yeah, they are a New Zealand company, make holsters yep. and like um, all sorts of cool, cool sort of precision rifle little doodads and uh, accessories to for whatever you need for comp shooting and blah, blah, blah. But they, new sponsor, they approached us and said, hey, man, we want to get on board so that was real generous gave away some holsters and a bunch of cool little things so um i mean some some of these come is that the list sorry mark 
Yep. Some of these yep. companies are, are, are quite large, right? And then some are particularly small. Um, yeah. Mum and dad sort of operations. And we get such good support um, from them in, in the way of um, various things and, and prizes and uh, or, or sorting out trophies and um, uh, medals and stickers and waratahs, right? And so some of these smaller companies, man, it's a, it's a, a big um, investment to, to sponsor these competitions. So thank you to all of them. Thank you to the larger ones too, um, just as much, obviously. Because, um, yeah, we, the price table was definitely the best we've ever run. We don't base our events on um, how good our sponsorship is. We want to run a cool match, but it's definitely neat to have such a... Like, you, you normally go to an event and there'll be like one, maybe two, like tier one prizes, but there was... You know, the first sort of 10 plus people walked away with stuff worth well over a thousand New Zealand dollars, if not twice that, right? So, yeah. Um, and then there's like shit like the uh, Carlos did a bunch of like uh, Armageddon gear game changes and um, with, oh, you know, Carlos branded, and um, there was obviously heaps of Sabre Tactical stuff, and like there was a heap of cool bags, and there was what, several pairs of binoculars and some scopes, and it was just, um, it was, it was good to have such good support, and obviously we passed that on through the prizes to the competitors. Um, so yeah. for those listening, if you did win something and you know who it came from, do a shout out on the internet. And if we see you selling it online, you're not coming back to our events. You can pretty much fuck off. <laughs> okay, I don't give a fuck that you're not going to use it. You shouldn't have grabbed it off the table. Um, and and believe it or not, when it's items that are rather specific, we do notice them on Trade Me. So um, yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that. Not not that it's no. I was yet. just having. Uh, I think I've I've uh, supported twelve of those sponsors with purchases over I the think, Instagram. So. I think that's the reason they sponsored. They felt guilty that you bought so much of them. Oh yeah. Again, I I did deal with a heap of them too. So a lot of them actually. Shit. I know it's cool that Steve's wholesale came on board. I mean, they're obviously not there in the background, I guess, and everyone appreciates the work they do battling away to get a lot of hornady stuff into the country so yeah they sent us quite a big yeah. package of cool stuff too so cool. like it, it's a bunch of cleaning gear and mats and stuff <clears throat> again it's um it's it's awesome and it's uh, so again most people walked away with more than their entry fee yeah and then everyone got everyone went through the prize table and then there was still a whole heap of shit left so everyone we started going through again in time it was like just get let make it a free-for-all and they all ran up like <laughs> rabbit animals and, I, I stopped drawing. I stopped drawing it after that and just read through the squad list. So yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, and but no. So thank you for the sponsors. It's um, it's cool, and it's cool to have that they want to attach their brands and their reputations to our event. It's um, it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, and but yeah, uh, thanks to all them. If you want to sort of um, see who did sponsor it, if you go back to our um, the Facebook Instagram, you will see a post about each sponsor. Now, obviously, we, we presented the medals for Friday night. We've already talked about who won those. Yeah. A uh, bit of food, and then the weather was a bit average, so um, everyone buggered off back to their various accommodations. Some people were camping. Um, some were staying in more uh, refined accommodation. Yeah, no fire lit this year. Well, actually, we lit the fire on Friday night. Did I tell you that? Up at the hut. It was so oh, the bloody, hut. It was so bloody cold. I don't know why. I like some sort of polar blast whatever the news soft thing. we in the in the in the hut we had the fire going inside and then i i forgot my sleeping bag so i had this old little thin one and it was just a what an uncomfortable sleep so anyway 
Sunday morning we kicked off at 8am uh, yep. obviously we wanted to finish a bit earlier because <clears throat> it's Sunday right and people can get on the road um, we, great idea there was some fog so it essentially pushed us out to when we would have started anyway um, yeah we just basically waited for a little bit so yeah about, what, about half hour and then we kicked straight into it so again different range different set of targets um, yeah and shit a um, little bit of drizzle through the first half of the day Yep. Um, and which made it sort of hot and humid and a little bit muddy in some areas. But um, uh, I would say day two. So day one was like um, 250 out to 1,200 meters. Day, uh, day, two, day two, you know, day two was about 180 meters out to 640 or 680 was the longest, something like that. So quite a difference in, um, in, in distances. And day two had more like uh, uh, natural terrain and like trees and um, brush cover and, and stuff like that. And so less man-made props and more, um, well, trenches, certainly enough. Um, excuse me. <coughs> oh, heavens. Um, yeah, and so we kicked off once. And it's interesting, but, practical and markedly better scores day two. Mm. Uh, probably just Comparatively, due to yeah. Yeah. Mm. A lot more cracked a hundred points. Just an interesting fun fact. Yeah, you're not wrong actually. Whereas open was pretty consistent, <clears throat> roughly. Both days. A lot of open shooters um, improved quite a bit on day two. <laughs> All sucked both days. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, so, what, what was your favourite stage in day two? Again, you were just watching, but um. Uh, I actually like the uh, the levels tower of things. Yeah, the, the steel, steel steel tree, steel tree. That's it. That's it. You got it. <laughs> Mainly because we watched uh, you and Anthony shoot it in polar opposite fashions. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, Graham must be having a bad day, but it was your worst stage. So, oh my far, it's yeah, man, that was um, poor planning and. I I struggled with the small practical bag on that stage. Like I just could not keep my vertical. Um, yeah, well, not my best work there um, at all. I think I got shit. Did I get half the points of that? Um, I got eighteen, so it's probably not that bad. Twenty six, but still, that was um, yeah, pretty average. Um, <laughs> really freaking average. <laughs> well, that so that was your favourite stage. Yeah, just um, it was good to see a, a limits rack being shot from different, yeah, having to move and shoot for different levels. That was quite just an interesting um, show. Yeah, you learned a bit about people's choices of stability position, especially low down. So um, some people made some odd choices, yeah. And just once again, it's a strategy about where you start and where you, you're probably better than you think shooting standing up for, to a degree sometimes than kneeling or yeah um and it's probably the first time i've seen rear support will work very well for someone so yeah, yeah the, the rear support with a good um like yeah. um uh, yeah. bag was just rock solid day eh? watching collie shoot that that was um and i actually yeah it, it sort of converted me saying well it's not as stupid as it looks um but it's close 
big stupid sort of oh it looks so it. stupid but like then <laughs> do you know what looks stupider not getting any yeah. hits like me exactly no yeah so uh and once you saw yeah it sort of looks more awkward fully standing up but when you're doing using it on lower positions it looked a lot more practical and useful so and because if you like in like a, a seating or a low kneeling you can deploy that tripod just pulling the legs out so you're not yeah and just t- yeah it, it does i agree it, again it looks queer as heck but um but no, as soon as you drag it into your side and where you go yeah and the way you hold your hand under it and that's yeah so i will give it a try one day that was also that was the first ever time on that particular course where we run that lunar limits rack there which is normally the winter event yeah it's the first ever time the lunar limits rack has been cleared huh yeah normally it's a dash it um yeah but two yeah. people cleared it though who was the second ben no nick nick oh cool. nick oh that was his uh one of his better stages of the weekend yeah <laughs> good work um well and then my favourite stage. Damned by faint praise there. Yeah. Uh, my favourite stage. Ooh, I liked. So, oh, probably stage. What was that? 14. Um, so we had like our sort of post assembly, and then you had a 100mm and a 60mm target at what, 190 or something. And then you had another target at like 500, like a 200 or something. Maybe maybe a 250. Like, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, that was quite cool. I didn't clear it. I got was I hit off or something. Yeah, um, that was fun. And then maybe. So what about Carl's bunker? That was cool, but I didn't give enough. So, time. looking at the scores, practical did a lot consistently better in a way. It would have just been because they had two shots extra. Okay, right. Yeah. So again, um... whereas open was a bit more up and down for the top ten shooters. Yeah. Yeah, it was the speed you had to run it through pretty well perfect to, to clear it yeah right the targets were uh, so I that was my last stage of the weekend so by the time I got there the, there's like one at like 200 or something that was pretty well gone no paint left and it was sort of by some pungas and it was you had to really ID where it was well otherwise when you come back to it you'd, you'd lose a few seconds trying to find it and then the second target um, which was like 300 and it was only small it was a six inch uh that was again no paint really left on it and so the same thing we referenced like there's some a feature on the farm and i sort of said okay i've got to when i'm looking for it look for the feature come straight down and then, then the third target was like 650 meters or something yeah um, yeah it was a what did i get 19 um i'm pretty happy with that considering I sort of mucked it up and but still it was I think I dropped two shots in the end on it yeah but that's another oh no zeros so yeah alright well that's enough talking about uh, that yeah and then but yeah so then we sort of um, we each got done pretty early right on the on the Sunday yeah, um, most people scored quite a lot better. Nearly everyone did actually, um, and but the wind was less of an issue on the Sunday by a large margin, uh, which definitely is going to pop up scores a bit. Um, 
and then we, yeah i think we finished around three went back there's big barbecue already cooked by the uh by the volunteer team by the girls and uh, also darren was down there helping them out um and then yeah we, we sort of went through added up the scores and uh yeah did prize giving and that was the end of the so I'd like to congratulate Anthony, Michael and Josh, first, second and third and open. Um, pretty much getting up towards 70 plus percent into the 80s for the two days and in practical, obviously uh, Graham was uh, oh, yes. topped it and followed by Simon and Carl. Uh, second and third so once again in the high 60s going up towards 80 percent so pretty much where you'd expect or hope to see it yep. um, i'm pretty happy with 80 percent. i would have a few further silly things but overall on that many stages um... so probably the first time i've had a comp where in general first place in both classes has been um easily in front I think no, I had this conversation with Simon and it was like normally like if it was a one day match you could like half the difference normally yeah but by the, the second day you're sort of just peeling out the front and, and it, it sort of so it can look bigger than you're used to seeing on the one day events yeah that's sort of true because you got yeah day one there was basically 20 points gap and 12 points gap between first and second at the end of the day. Um, but day two, uh, what are we there, 20? Oh, it's another 20, but then the, the order changed. So, yeah, we didn't <coughs> Yeah. So in practical class, you had yourself and Simon both shooting first and second on day one and two. Yeah, so... Yep, but that order changed and open. So Ian obviously shot really well day one, not so good day two. Um, well, still very well, but yeah, not quite. So you can certainly see. And Johnny had an excellent day two. After using potentially the wrong data on day one. <laughs> so yeah. You've fallen off the earth there, Graham. Sorry, I was talking to my microphone muted. Johnny's day two scores were like was potentially a second place finishing if he had of um had a good first day, you know. That's pretty, a good point. Pretty close no third. But yeah, um still. Um That's good. He shot really well down south, I think, from what I saw, so it's uh if you irons out that little problem. He's certainly shooting well. Yeah, yeah, it was just it's just dope mental game. Eh? It sort of happens to the best of us. So, good work, Johnny. Um, stay off, stay off the dope. Oh no, stay, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hugs, not drugs. Um, but yeah, so congratulations to everyone who did well. Yep. And for those who didn't shoot as well as you want, just um, keep practicing, um, and you will um, shoot more paper. Would be my advice. And learn about uh, natural point aim and trigger control. Um, yeah, but looking at the score sheet, I think you've got really. Uh, quite competitive 25 and a you know 
oh, there's clearly a few that are in in front, but um, in behind that, yeah. And there's some certainly people that have improved greatly over the last couple of years that I've been observing. So, and are getting better, and uh, starting to nip at the heels of some of the others. Yeah, it, it used to be, we talked about it before, but it used to be if you just had good dope, you were going to win, but now you've got to have, um, <clears throat> you have to have good dope, and you've got to have pretty solid fundamentals, and match planning, and you know, half a hundred things, so. Um, luck. Yeah, oh, no. Well, luck we've, apparently, for some stages, uh, luck driven. Um, <laughs> we've heard that a few times, but um, no, but again, uh, thank you to everyone for coming along, this event's been um, well supported from from the start pretty much and um yep. we consistently like oh, we, oh we were sold out we had um obviously people drop out due to health and um <clears throat> and um the house is washing away so um been well supported from the start it's well supported by sponsors it's um plenty of interest on it online um so you know if, yep. if it's, it's cool it's it's a lot of work but if it gets the support um no a few work ons for next year and improvements so we'll keep incrementally Tweaking things, I think two day format's great. So I, I think, think so. Well, I like it. I know I know Collie's gonna say do it every time, but um it's it's, it's obviously a big fucking job, but yeah. Um I don't know if we'd be able to do it in winter, but definitely in the summer match. Um No, no we're not happening in winter. Yeah, sorry. Just, yeah, there you go, Mark said no Anthony, so you don't have to bug me. Um uh, unless you use the same course of fire twice. It would be the same course of fire twice, yeah. <laughs> um fuck walking up Mount Doom in June. No. Someone would fall off it. Um uh you'd yeah, you'd basically just mudslide way to the bottom again. See, if I did, if we did two day in June, I'd have to have other targets there ready to be hung up. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, I, I backtrack what I just said. I mean, the hay paddock's fine. So. Now, now Collie's gonna. He's. No, I just don't think about it. Just like stay off the hill, and yeah, <clears throat> that'll work. Well, you, you what you want to do a two day in June? Why not? These are these are not meant to be public conversations. You're, you're oh. like, no, no fucking way. And then thirty seconds later, like, actually, it could be done. And and yeah. hey, it could be done. But um, it could be done actually. Maybe a day and a half. Do the safety briefing at seven thirty. Trouble is, we've got daylight issues, so yeah, you can't have. You'd have to move break. everything early. You'd have to yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, maybe I'll run a poll. No, no, I don't take public opinion. Of course you do. Oh, You've I, I hate caved public. into the court of public opinion. Yeah, well. Anyway, uh, well, if you want a two-day match, tell us. Simon's going to be shaking his head when he hears this because he may be happy. But um, yeah. actually, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be, we'll be coming up from Australia. We ain't going to have time to do a two-day match. We'll do two one-day matches after each other. Well, I oh, can't argue with match. that logic. Yeah, yeah. and shout out, shout out to the people who shot well on one day and didn't turn up for the next... <laughs> yeah, you, you got some other people got to plumb up the ranks. <laughs> um, Wes and Wes and Cal, not yeah. gonna name names. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up there because we're at about an hour and a half. Yep. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming along to the competition. Thank you to the sport. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to Mark. We always forget to thank Mark. Uh, Mood loss stock made a rather large swath of land available to us. Um, puts up with us living in his hut and all that stuff. So that's right. I get all my mind as I'm leading up the two weeks before where everything's going stock wise and. Starve a few paddocks of animals for a while. Yeah, it goes back. A bit harder in a drought. But anyway, no, th- thanks to everyone who puts in the work. A big, massive thanks to GPRE. They always put in a huge amount of work, Thousand Sun yep. Heroes. Thank you to our volunteers. Um, 
from from you know and um yeah and we will you'll hear us from us in a couple of weeks after a few little things we got on so catch you all later we'll um talk the to you pre-raw soon. shoot oh pre-raw yes that's right all right we'll see you all later see ya